Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Boaz's interest in Ruth as we pick up in Ruth chapter 2, verse 13. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me, and you have spoken friendly unto your handmaid, though I am not like one of your own handmaidens. And Boaz said to her, At mealtime you can come here and eat of the bread and dip your morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat and was sufficed and left. And so Boaz is showing a definite interest in her, reaching over and and getting some parched corn for her, inviting her to eat and, and, and showing the protection. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Now you let her glean even among the sheaves. Don't reproach her. Now, if she happens to wander over into the area where you haven't been yet, don't yell at her. Let her go. And then every once in a while, just let a handful drop on purpose for her. So Ruth gleaned that day, and she came up with about a bushel of barley so that when she got back to Naomi, Naomi said, Where in the world were you gleaning today? The Lord be gracious unto that man. (laughs) Wow. And Ruth said, well, I happened to be in the field of a man whose name was Boaz. And Naomi said unto her, blessed is he of the Lord who has not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said to her, the man is near of kin to us. He is one of our next Goels, kinsman redeemers. This man is, is, a, is a family member. He is a Goel. He's a kinsman redeemer to us, one of the next of kinsman redeemers. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, You shall stay fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you do not go out with his maidens, and that they do not, that you do not go out with his maidens, and that they do not meet you in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of the barley harvest and of the wheat harvest, and she stayed there with her mother-in-law. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our family, with whose maidens you have been working. Behold, he winnows the barley tonight in the threshing floor. So wash yourself, put on your perfume and your beautiful gown, and get down to the threshing floor, but don't let them see you until they have finished eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lies down to sleep that you mark carefully where he's lying and then go in and uncover his feet and lay down there 
and he will tell you what you're to do. And she said unto her, All that you say to me I will do. So she went down to the floor, and she did according to all that her mother-in-law had instructed her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry, and he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came very quietly and uncovered his feet and laid down. Now about midnight, he woke up and was afraid. As he was rolling over, he became aware of a fact that a woman was lying there at his feet. And he said, Who are you? And she answered, I'm Ruth your handmaid. Spread therefore thy blanket or covering over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Now, under the law, because God sought to preserve families, if a man married a wife and died before they had any children, then it was his brother's obligation to take that woman as his wife so that the first son that was born would be named after the dead brother so that the family's name would continue in Israel. Uh, in the book of Genesis, about the 38th chapter or so, we find that Judah had a son who took a gal as his wife, and he died without having any children. Uh, Tamar was the name of the wife. And so the second son took her, and he died without having any children. And Judah was afraid to give the third son. And so he, he said, well, he's too young to get married. Wait for him. And then long after the guy was old enough to get married, Judah hadn't really come through with the third son, and so Tamar took things into her own hands. But it's a, it's a, a case where this law was being enacted, and Judah was in the wrong for withholding this son. Uh, it was just the law to keep the family name alive. Now, because... Elimelech had died and his two sons had died. The family name was about to die out. So she is actually asking Boaz to take the part of the Goel, the kinsman redeemer, and to have a son by her that could be named after the family of Elimelech. Uh, so that that name would not die as a family in Israel. Actually, it was what she was asking. Cover me with this covering of the family because you are a, a goel, you are the kinsman redeemer. And he said to Ruth, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for if you, you have shown more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as you followed not the young men, whether they were poor or rich. Now, uh, Boaz was probably an older man. He was very flattered that the, this younger girl, rather than following after these young guys, would ask him to fulfill this kinsman relationship, this Goel kinsman-redeemer relationship. Again, notice his, his, blessed be thou of the Lord. He, he shows all the way through good, godly characteristics 
And he said, Now my daughter, fear not, for I will do unto you all that you require. For all the city and my people know that you are a virtuous woman. Ruth's reputation had gotten around. She is a virtuous girl. Her taking care of her mother-in-law, her whole attitude of, of really worshiping and serving God, the word had gotten around concerning Ruth. She's a virtuous girl. And he said, I, I will do all that the law requires and what you're requiring. I, I, don't be afraid. I'm going to do it. But it is true that I am a near kinsman. I'm close family relative. However, there is a kinsman that is closer than I am. Now you tarry tonight, and in the morning, if he will perform unto you the part of the kinsman, fine, let him perform unto thee. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth, lie down until morning. Now, not always would, would they fulfill this part. Sometimes they, they didn't like the gal. Your brother married sort of a, yeah, all right, uh, <laughs> and, and you, <laughs> and he died and didn't have any children, and you said, hey, no way, I don't want her. And so you'd take off your shoe and hand it to her like, hey, you're a dirty shoe as far as I'm concerned. And you're, you're, you're giving up your right. I don't want to marry you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And she then would spit in your face, and you would be called the man from whom the shoe was loosed in Israel. You were, you were considered sort of a dirty dog kind of a guy because you didn't fulfill the family obligations, no family loyalty. So uh, that was the little ritual, and, and that oftentimes happened. A fellow didn't want to carry through. Hey, I don't want to marry her. I don't want the obligations of her. I, you know, not interested. And so he'd take off his shoe and hand it to her. So he said to Ruth, don't worry. I will do it. But the hitch is there's another fellow who is actually closer of kin, and he has the right first to be the kinsman. And if he is, fine. But if he doesn't, then I will be the kinsman unto thee. I will raise up a child, and, and I will take you as my wife, and, and I will fulfill this obligation. So uh, don't worry. One way or the other, it's going to be taken care of. And so he said, lie down till the morning. And so she lay at his feet until morning, and she rose up before anyone could know each other. In other words, it was still, still so dark you couldn't recognize anybody. And he said, don't let it be known that a woman was in the floor, the threshing floor tonight. And so he said, bring me the veil that you have on you and hold it. And she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and laid it on her and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, it was still dark and so Naomi said, who is it? And she said, who art thou, my daughter? And, and so Ruth told her all that Boaz had said and done. 
And she said, these six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, don't go empty to your mother-in-law. Then Naomi said, she's a wise old gal, she's been around. She said, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will fall, for this man is not going to rest until he's gotten everything taken care of. And so when Boaz rose up, he went to the gate of the city. He sat down there, and behold, the kinsman of which he was speaking came by. And he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside and sit down here. And so he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city, and he said, Sit down here. And so they sat down. And he said to the kinsman, Naomi that is come again out of the country of Moab is selling a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to let you know, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and the elders of the people. And if you will redeem it, then redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Now, Another Jewish law declared that whenever you sold a parcel of land, there was always a revisionary clause where you had the right to buy the land back again within a specified period of time. Usually they would write up the deed in a scroll and then they would seal the scroll. And in that specified period of time when the right of redemption had come in the revisionary clause, then you could bring the title deed and you could break the seals and you could, with the elders of the city there present, and you would show that you had the right and the ability to buy the field back. You could always buy back your property. The revision clause was in every sale. The right of buying it back. Now, under the Jewish law, if you were not able because you were too poor to buy the land back when the time of redemption had come, then one of your family members, your next of kin, could step in and buy it in order that it remained in the family because God wanted to preserve the family inheritances in Israel. So the next of kin could come in and take your part or your place in the purchasing or the repurchasing of the land. So when Naomi and Elimelech had moved to Moab, they had sold their parcel, and according to the revisionary clause, the time was up, and now it was again coming on the block, the time to redeem it. So he said, uh, you know, Naomi is getting ready to sell this parcel. She can't redeem it. The right of redemption is yours, and if you're going to redeem it, then redeem it. If not, there's no one except me after you, and so what do you want to do? And the fellow says, well, I'll redeem it. And so Boaz said unto him, in the day that you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. In other words, you're going to have to take Ruth as, your, as, as a wife and, and have a son in order that the name of the inheritance might continue. And the fellow says, oh man, that would mess up my own inheritance. In other words, he's already married and he already had children uh, lined up for an inheritance. They said, man, my wife wouldn't go for that. We can't handle that one. He said to Boaz, why don't you redeem it? 
And so Boaz was very happy about that turn of events. And so the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself lest I mess up my own inheritance. You redeem it. Take the right to thyself for I cannot redeem it. Now there was a custom in the former times. Now this custom died out. However, it is interesting. Um, there was a lady recently in Israel who tried to get her brother-in-law to enact this old law because her husband died. And uh, so uh, she tried to get him to uh, marry her and all to fulfill the, the ancient law and all, and he refused to do it. And so she insisted that he take off, she sued him over the thing and take off his shoes so she could spit in his face and all. And so uh, they did go through this ceremony of, of recent vintage in Israel, but actually it was a custom that uh, died out uh, in, in, in time, but it is saying in the, in the older days they did have this custom. So the book of Ruth was written some, uh, at some later date. And so he's recording, now this was the manner in the former times in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man had to take off his shoe and give it to his neighbor. And this was the testimony in Israel. So uh, the fellow took off his shoe and handed it to Boaz. Therefore the kinsman said to Boaz, buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said to the elders and to the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead is not cut off from among his brethren and the gate of his place. You are witnesses this day. So I have purchased the whole thing, all that belonged to Naomi and to Elimelech and to Malon and Chilion, and I have purchased Ruth to be my wife. Now, here is an interesting case where because of his love for Ruth, he bought the field in order that he might obtain the bride. His primary interest was not the field at all. He was a very mighty man of wealth. He didn't need any more fields. But he bought the field in order to obtain the bride. And in that, he becomes a very beautiful picture of Jesus Christ who bought the world in order that he might purchase his bride, the church, out of the world. Jesus purchased the world in order to take his treasure. So in the kingdom parables, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man going through a field, discovering a treasure who for the joy thereof immediately goes out and sells all that he has in order that he might buy the field and obtain the treasure. So Jesus, seeing the treasure, his church, his bride within the world, bought the whole world in order to take his bride out of it. Beautiful, beautiful sort of a parallel here with Boaz and Ruth and Jesus and the church. 
And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are the witnesses, and the Lord make the woman that is come unto thine house like Rachel and Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Euphrates, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Pharaoh's, whom Tamar bare unto Judah of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. Now, it is interesting that they speak of Judah and Tamar and Pharaoh's because here is where this whole thing, this particular law, I mentioned earlier that one of Judah's sons married Tamar. He died without having any children. Judah gave the other son. He died without having any children. Judah then was reluctant to give his third son. Wait until he grows up. He's too young. And after a period of waiting and all, Judah hadn't come through with the third son. So, as I said, Tamar took things in her own hands. What she did is she put on the, the, the clothes of a prostitute. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Ruth on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Ruth 2 through 4 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the good hand of our Lord be upon you to lead and to guide you in his way, that you might walk in his love, that you might be filled with his spirit, and that you might discover what is God's plan for your life. And may the Lord speak to you, and may you be very sensitive so that you begin to understand the voice of the Lord, that you might be led by the Spirit of God. God bless you. May he watch over you and keep you in his love. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question. You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. 
Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call the Word for Today at 800 272 